Welcome to this splendid edition of the Data Knots podcast. Today, our friends at Oracle Ravello fly their sponsorship rocket by our microphones for a discussion of how to stand up a replica of your data center in the cloud. Why would you want to do that? Well, there's all sorts of reasons, really. Pox, dev test, user acceptance testing, threat simulation exercises, training, and even production workloads. So sit back and have a listen about how to build the ultimate recreation of your prod environment with Ravello. At PacketPushers.net, you can find this in all of our Datanaut shows about infrastructure engineering. Or just search for Datanaut, spelled like astronauts, in your favorite podcast directory. You can follow us at Datanauts underscore show. I am Ethan Banks at EC Banks on Twitter, and with me is the time-traveling Chris Wall at Chris Wall, who traverses more time zones in a week than most of us do in a lifetime. Joining us from Oracle Ravello, Abhi Gupta, Director of Product Management, and Gil Hoffer, Vice President of Software Development. And uh, we got three quarters of the globe covered. Uh, Chris and uh, Abhi out on the West Coast. I'm in uh, New Hampshire in the northeast corner of the U.S. And Gil, you're out in Israel, so uh, we're really... Really global today here on the Data Knots. <laughs> so, uh, Abby, I think starting with you, we wanted to just get an introduction for the Data Knots folks about what Ravello really is. So, for folks that are unfamiliar with the the Ravello platform, can you give us a background on what it's all about? Absolutely, Ethan. So, Ravello is essentially an overlay cloud that enables data center-like capabilities on top of public clouds such as Oracle Cloud Infrastructure, Amazon Web Services, Google Compute Platform. And it essentially enables the ability to run VMware applications natively with data center-like layer 2 networking. And because of these data center-like capabilities on top of public clouds, Revelo enables enterprises to move their applications to the cloud with the same VMware VMs networking and storage as they have on their data center. Okay, so to pull that off, it's kind of a, uh, is it fair to describe it, hypervisor on hypervisor? I mean, you're kind of abstracting away those cloud resources to make it easy to stand up infrastructure that you're familiar with from your own data center and then put that into the cloud and have it look and feel and act and be interconnected in the same way. That's correct. Yeah. So our key capability is to make the underlying public cloud infrastructure look and feel exactly like a data center environment. And that essentially helps us eliminate the need for an enterprise to modify their applications because the application can move to the cloud as is. And as a result, this can be done very quickly, accelerating the entire process and saving the enterprise a lot of time and money. We have our hypervisor HVX is able to operate in a nested virtualization mode where HVX runs on top of other hypervisor that public cloud has in place. And it also supports a capability where it can run directly on the bare metal service as well. Yeah, I remember, I think it was two years ago now, reading some very prominent bloggers were featuring your software such as Scott Lowe, who also runs the uh, the Full Stack Journey podcast here on the Pack Pushers. And uh, he had the running vSphere on AWS or GCE post, which I- I'll be honest, it kind of blew my mind because at the time, the big, I guess not at the time, the challenge is that these environments are completely disparate from one another. Different hypervisor, different networking, you know, the full stack is completely at, you know, some disparity from one another. And he showcased, I think it was like 250 hypervisor hosts, I think running ESXi and some NFS, and every one of them was running a few virtual machines. I mean, a massive scale that was deployed, I think, in Amazon, but looked like a vSphere environment. There were many others. I know that Mike Preston and William Lamb and whatnot were doing nested ESXi virtualization, some home labs, just to kind of kick the tires of it. But the end result was, hey, these public environments that I'm seeing from Amazon and Google, and Azure didn't really, it wasn't really a thing back then. Let's assume that that as well at some point. 
uh, they're all disparate in their operation. But if you could add kind of a shim layer or a you know hypervisor on hypervisor layer, you could really just recreate and use those resources however you want. That was pretty awesome. I got to tip my hat to the Ravello team in encouraging the community to join in. And even I think you were offering lab services to V experts, which is VMware's kind of evangelism uh, program. It, I got that right, correct? That's correct. Absolutely. So every V expert uh, since 2015 has had a Ravello account, and they are it's, it's a free service that we offer to the V experts so that they are able to play with our platform and uh, essentially come up with some very cool deployments and actually experience the power of our platform firsthand. Yeah, because there's definitely some courageousness there because it's one thing to make a PowerPoint. It's a total another one to say, hey, here here you go, 1,000 plus people that are highly technical and <laughs> highly vocal in the community. Use our stuff and let us know what you think or publicly let us know what you think. I thought that was pretty groovy. Right. Our, our, our intent is to essentially get uh, experts to play with our platform and provide us with feedback on what they like about our platform and also what are the key things that they would like to see on the horizon down the line? That's a key you know, incentive for us to offer this free program to the V-Experts. If someone's hearing about this for the first time, hearing about Ravello for the first time, how would you describe its usefulness to them? You know, if you, you would say, you want to use Ravello because it solves these problems for you, what would you list? Right. A traditional migration of an on-prem VMware-based app takes a lot of effort. Uh, you know, it's very expensive and time-consuming because enterprises typically have to re-platform their applications. You know, in data center, enterprises run these applications on ESXi. Most clouds cannot run ESXi, so as a result, uh, enterprises have to uh, re-platform these ESXi-based VMs to, you know, a Zen or KVM or a Hyper-V-based VM, and it's a one-way street. They also have to re-network their entire application because public clouds networking is very different from what you have in the data center. In data center, you have access to layer two capabilities. In public cloud, only layer three and above is supported. And the networking and security appliances that typically form a part of that application also are not the same ones that you find in your data center as you have on public cloud. So as a result, it's a very painful exercise, which is very expensive and time-consuming for an enterprise to move an existing VMware-based application to the public cloud. What Ravello essentially does is that it can help these enterprises move their applications to the cloud as is without having to make any changes. As I mentioned earlier, we make the underlying public cloud look and feel like a data center environment. So as a result, the enterprises don't have to make any changes to their application, and that really helps them accelerate the move of these applications to the cloud. And in mo most cases, you know, these applications can move to the cloud with Ravello in under a day. And that's a key problem that uh, Ravello solves for the enterprises. Now, when you say move, I'm mean, just thinking about that. Would you, just broadly speaking, I, I, I dug in and saw some of the use cases that Ravello solves. I mean, would you say you're not really replacing your data center? You're really just creating a, another environment where you can do uh, testing and so on, where you've really got the same parameters, the same data center that you've got in real life up in the cloud, which gives you a whole lot of features and functionality that you don't otherwise have. So again, when you say move, it's not as if you're necessarily getting rid of your data center and moving it on to Ravello, or, or is that what you're saying? Well, it, uh, it actually offers the capabilities to solve two different types of use cases. The first one is essentially creating clones of your on-prem environment for the use cases that you just mentioned. Say, for example, if you have a production environment on-premise, and if you want to have access to dev test environments or UAT staging, 
environments or security testing environments, which are not going to be running 24-7. You need them only for a certain amount of time every day. You can easily spin high-fidelity copies of these environments onto the cloud with Ravello and use it for those use cases. That's one use case that we address. The second is if the enterprise really wants to get out of their data center and move their production version of their application to the cloud as well, uh, that's another use case that we address. So Ravello really kind of goes in to address both types of use cases, if you will. That sounds groovy. And obviously, a number of folks are doing it and exploring and kicking the tires and kind of working through the problem. But but I'm thinking, okay, how do you do that? Because typically, you know, look, thinking about VirtualBox and Virtual PC and hypervisor and hypervisor, there's, there's kind of a penalty there. It sounds technically challenging. So I guess wrapping it all up, the question is, what's unique about the offering? How is this kind of happening? Right. That's a great question. So unlike traditional migration tools that essentially approach this problem by making changes to the application to conform to the cloud constructs, Revelo essentially takes a very drastically different approach to solving this problem. What we do is, uh, with our uh, hypervisor HVX, we make the underlying cloud look and feel like a data center. We eliminate the need to modify the application to run it on the public cloud, thanks to our hypervisor. And again, because of our hypervisor's capabilities of offering data center-like constructs such as ability to run VMware VMs, layer two networking on top of the public cloud, there is no need to modify that application. And that's why you know, we are able to accelerate the whole process. And our hypervisor essentially you know, is HVX. It's got three components. It's got a nested virtualization engine that essentially enables us to expose the same sort of devices that the VMware VM is expecting when it looks down such as VMXNet3, et cetera. It has got a networking overlay built into it, which exposes a clean layer two interface. So, you know, if your application relies on things like broadcast, multicast for certain functionality, it gets that even though it's running on top of public cloud where it's typically not available. And it also has a storage overlay, which essentially offers uh, the same sort of a block storage that the VM is expecting when it's running on data center on top of public cloud as well. So because of these three capabilities that are built into our hypervisor HVX, we are able to essentially make the underlying public cloud look and feel like a data center. And that's the key thing. That's the unique thing about Ravello's offering. So just kind of peeling the onion a little bit, I'm basically appropriating some space and resources in AWS or, or whatnot, building instances. Am I then installing HVX into those instances or kind of walk me through where, where ESXi goes, where, where HVX goes, at kind of a technical level just a bit? Sure. So you don't have to install HVX on AWS. Essentially, uh, think of Ravello as your public cloud provider. Uh, you import your VMware-based virtual machines onto Ravello's platform, Ravello's uh, VM library, and you basically create an application capsule on Ravello by dragging and dropping these VMs onto our application canvas. And when it comes to running these VMs, uh, you basically choose one of the 23 different regions that we support across the three clouds, uh, Oracle Cloud Infrastructure, Amazon oh. Web Services, and Google Cloud. And you click publish, and roughly in three to six minutes, that application is up and running. You don't have to go into each of these underlying clouds to sort of uh, you know, provision hosts and install anything. It's basically a one-stop shop uh, where you come into Revelo, you choose the underlying region you want to deploy it at, and with literally a couple of clicks, your application is up and running. There's a commercial aspect to this as well. As you can imagine, at the end of the day, you get one single bill from Oracle Revelo, and that sort of includes your uh, Revelo-based costs and the underlying public cloud costs. So you don't need to have, you know, two different accounts 
or multiple different accounts depending on which regions you are using. Yeah, that's way better than, than, than the way I presented it. I like you just here's my application, Oracle or Velo, handle it, put it in this environment, and that's done. You know, I, rather than having to be a cloud expert and a Revelo expert, I, I like that. Right. My takeaway is that putting an application in the cloud, and that's typically multiple VMs, not just one, even if it's not for production immediately, the idea that you can give it a whirl directly in the cloud without having to buy hardware and space and do all the work and operational effort in the data center, that has value, right? Just immediately there's some value there because it's typically hard to get that space and that environment set up in the data center, but also it gives you the chance to get it right and then execute on that migration. Or if you do get it right, just keep using what you built in the cloud, maybe migrate the data or do a planned migration. So it's not just about lift and shift and you know and pray. There's also a lot of things that you can do by moving the application into a cloud environment to ultimately take advantage of it that I think is, is worth its weight in gold. Oh, what about you, Ethan? Yeah, I, I really echo those thoughts. I mean, I, I latched on to this idea of eliminating the need to refactor the application, which is something we've talked about in this show before, that if you're going to move to cloud, ultimately you need to be refactoring the application. And, and it's not that because you've got Oracle Reveal, you wouldn't eventually refactor the app. But if you're trying to get your existing DC and, uh, and ops practices exposed in the cloud, this is a way that you can do it quickly without a lot of retooling and re-engineering of your applications and your infrastructure. By the way, Revelo also very strong with virtual networking, which is a far less of a dollar spend than, than trying to model network hardware. You know, a lot of folks that are in the networking space are trying to replicate their networking environments and struggle to do it because hardware to that replicates that environment is very difficult. And Revelo lets you do that even. Uh, so you can test out networking operational changes in the cloud on their platform. It's great stuff. Well, now that we've exposed a lot more information on Revelo and the community outreach and kind of the technical bits and bytes, let's move on to some of the key capabilities that Revelo supports. And I know that this will be interesting for the architect out there that is looking to kind of build with the environment and look at, uh, okay, what can I do with this particular platform? Right. So there's a lot of you know cool things that we support. Uh, as I mentioned, uh, you know we can run the VMware VMs natively on the public cloud without having to make any modifications. That's a very unique capability that we are able to offer. Uh, we're also able to offer layer two networking capabilities complete with broadcast and multicast VNet sublans. So your network appliances that you're using on-premise or the networking constructs that you're using on-prem continue to exist the same way when you're running that application on top of public cloud with Ravello as well. Yeah, again, you're saying full layer two networking, which is kind of a big deal because there are those oddball apps out there that require layer two adjacency. And in cloud, you can't assume that that's going to happen, that you're even going to have that sort of functionality. So you're providing that is, uh, is sort of a big deal. Absolutely. And in fact, that's one of the key reasons many networking companies use our platform for building and uh, doing POCs of their network appliances. Because again, most of these networking appliances require layer two capabilities to function properly. And that is something that public cloud natively doesn't offer. But with Revelo's software-defined networking overlay, we are able to provide these capabilities to the guest virtual machines that we are running. I mean, in a nutshell, we're talking VLANs, right? For, for more of the server you know, person like myself, we're talking, because normally it's all layer three IP-based in public cloud, right? And you have to set up IPsec or IAM. But we're talking, you know, if you have a VLAN construction in your environment now, you can kind of port that over 
for the short term, I guess, long term. Is that is that basically what we're saying, or am I totally off base? No, no, that's uh, absolutely right on the ball. Okay. Uh, you can do uh, VLANs, subnets, any sort of network segmentation that you have on-premise. You can actually keep the networking configuration exactly the same as well when you're running these applications on top of Revelo on under underlying public cloud as well. So you don't even have to change your network IP addresses, net masks. You can keep the same network configuration as well. Now, another capability, because I was digging around in some of your white papers in preparation for the show, you've got something called uh, blueprinting. Can you talk about that? Absolutely. So blueprinting is a key capability that we offer, which helps us rapidly clone and deploy environments with literally one click. Once you have built an application for the first time on Revelo, uh, there's a button which says save as a blueprint. Uh, when you click that button, we take a snapshot of not only the virtual machines, but also the infrastructure constructs around it, you know, the storage, then the networking interconnect. And we can take a snapshot of not only the VMs, but also the infrastructure. And you can use that as a template to spin up many different copies of the same application on the same cloud region or across different cloud regions as well. So this is this leads me to another key capability that we offer. You know, most public clouds have limited number of uh, regions where they have a presence, where they have data centers. Since we run on top of three public clouds, Oracle Cloud Infrastructure, Amazon Web Services, and Google Cloud Platform, we are able to offer a super set of, uh, you know, the regions supported by these three clouds. So Revelo today runs on top of 23 different regions across the globe, and we are adding more and more regions every quarter as well. So that number is sure to grow. And that essentially enables local user experience to our customers because no matter where you're located, you have a region that's close to you where you know your latency is very minimal and you get a, a local user experience for your application. So blueprinting and the capabilities you just related around cloud regions, that sounds like a lot of automation. And for folks that are used to automation and want to have an automated approach to Ravello, you folks have an API, correct? That's correct. Yeah. So all the things that you can do on on our user interface actually at the backend calls are APIs as well. We support a very rich set of REST APIs. And in fact, most of our sophisticated customers, because they operate at scale, they utilize our REST APIs to automate and orchestrate their workloads on Revelo. And then the last thing that I noticed uh, in the white paper that I wanted to bring up was uh, you, you have a security model. Now, is that just a reflection of what I would have in my normal data center because I've got that functionality? Or is it something – was it a security layer beyond that that Ravello was giving me? Right. Anything that you create as a part of your Ravello application is actually in a fully fenced environment. So unless and until – you as the application administrator open certain ports and associate public IPs for an external access, it's in a fully secure encapsule. And that's uh, the additional security that Revelo offers to the enterprises on top of whatever the underlying cloud provides. So what about the work that's been done since Oracle acquired Revelo? I know that a couple months ago, earlier in this year, 2017, I was actually very honored to go to the Oracle Revelo Cloud Day that was pretty cool because we got to see some of that, but it's it's been a little while. So I was hoping you could kind of catch us up on post-acquisition work as well as kind of what's happened over the last four or five months since I posted my thoughts on the Revelo cloud service. Absolutely. So our engineering team has been really hard at work, and Gil will be kind of going into the details of many of these capabilities that we have just uh, brought to life as well. Specifically, we have uh, come up with Revelo on Oracle Cloud Infrastructure, which operates in two different modes uh, using hardware-assisted nested virtualization 
and running our hypervisor HVX directly on bare metal, which offers a ton of better performance than what we used to offer before. In addition to that, we have launched much bigger VMs, you know, four times bigger than what we supported earlier, uh, so that applications can vertically scale all the way up to 32 vCPUs per VM. We have also launched high availability using host anti-affinity constructs that essentially enable us to run failover pairs of a HA application in two different availability domains. And as a result, in case you know one of those availability domains were to go dark because of some technical fault, the application continues to survive and service requests in the other availability domain. So that's another key capability that we have just launched. In a prior uh, you know, podcast, we had talked about our software-defined networking 2.0 capability that we recently launched as well, which offers our end users more control and complete visibility of how the network is set up for their application on Revelo. And we are also working on some additional capabilities that will offer our enterprises internal network connectivity from the Revelo-based VMs to or other Oracle IAS and PaaS services such as database cloud service as well. So just minor things, no, no big deal. Gotcha. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's, that's pretty groovy. Yeah, for folks that wanted to listen about the uh, software-defined networking, the 2.0 capabilities, we recorded that on the Packet Pushers Network, weekly show number 356, if you care to look that up and get more detail. Now, Chris, you had re- actually, after the Revelo Cloud Day, you'd done a write-up on that, yeah? I did, because, I mean, catching up on the the work that had been done since the acquisition was obviously top of mind for me and one of the big reasons I wanted to go, but also understanding what had been moved forward from a technology perspective. You know, like it wasn't just improvements in the platform, because we'd all seen Revelo a couple of years ago, and I and my colleagues that were there kind of had a pretty decent understanding of what it did. It was more around, well, how do we add Oracle to the equation and build something that's not been done before? And so the, the post kind of goes into that. I'll add a link to the show notes as to my thoughts around some of the technologies that the team had been working on from a performance perspective, from an availability perspective, new features that had been mentioned just previously here. Because realistically, it wasn't just version 2.0 or 3.0 or whatnot. It was a whole different way of thinking around how to use the product. And it really gave me some insights as to why Oracle wanted to acquire Ravello and what they plan to do with it. Honestly, like I went to an Oracle event and I didn't have the highest bar of expectations and it blew my mind. I was very excited to leave there with some new ideas. Well, guys, I want to go I want to go nerdier. I want to start diving a little bit deeper and get into the nuts and bolts and some of the how you guys do the magic that you do. And Gil, I know you, you're the one who's been designated to put on the helmet and, uh, and, and take us deep down into the bowels of this. So let, let's open up with this question. How does Ravello offer these, the data center capabilities that we've been talking about on public cloud? Um, simply black magic. Um, but, <laughs> exactly. Um, more, there we go. More seriously, yeah. Um, more seriously, I guess we can deep dive because there are three or four main technology components that I would very gladly walk you through them. And... As Abby mentioned, the first one is a new hypervisor that, that we've built. You probably know that the Ravello backgrounds actually come from the same team which did KVM, insanely popular open source uh, hypervisor. And when we set to, to build Ravello, one of the key problems that we wanted to solve was to see how we take the existing VMware and KVM VMs as is and take them to the public cloud. And for this, we built a new hypervisor. And the main challenge that we had back then is how can we run a hypervisor in the public cloud? Because today, all 
major hypervisors rely on hardware support for virtualization, basically Intel VT or AMD SVM. And these instructions are not available in the public cloud. So when we started Rosello, we built a new hypervisor, which we called HVX, which uses binary translation to do that. There are a lot of optimizations that we had to put into HVX in order for it to run efficiently, because we're doing here in software a lot of things that modern hypervisors actually do in hardware. So that's the first component. It's probably the easiest way to think of HVX is as some kind of a universal adapter, because for the public cloud provider, it looks just like a Linux VM, just like an Ubuntu uh, instance. They don't need to know anything special about it. And to the VMs that run on top of HVX, and HVX even supports a consolidation, so it runs multiple VMs on top of it, it looks exactly like the source virtualization system that those VMs came from. So it exposes the same virtual hardware interface that those VMs basically add on-premises. So same virtual devices such as VMXNet3 and PVSCSI for the hard drive, same graphic adapter, same bus topology, same BIOS values, everything looks exactly the same. So you can take the VMs as is and run them in a public cloud. But this solves the issue for, for basically for a single VM. And in enterprise setups, you would usually see a few tens or hundreds of VMs basically uh, running in tandem. And for this, the second component is a networking overlay, which when we set up to the task of solving the issue, we had two main design criteria. The first one was we wanted it to be layer two, networking layer two, so we would support every workload which runs on-premises. And the second criteria was that we wanted it to be fully distributed in order not to introduce any kind of availability or performance bottlenecks. So what we actually did was to build a fully distributed switch, layer two switch, which is 802.1Q compliant, meaning that we support VLANs with trunk and access mode, and we can do broadcasting, and we can do multicasting, etc. You can even connect a spam port to your switch and do port mirroring. On top of it, we've also built a bunch of layer three services, such as routing and DNS and DHCP and internet gateway and basic firewalling, etc. And all of these are fully distributed across our different hypervisors. And with this, we can basically build any networking topology that the customer used to have on-premise also, we haven't touched it so far, but as part of the process of bringing the VMs over to Avelo, we do some discovery. And when doing that, we actually discover the original network topology, and we will reconfigure the Avelo SDN accordingly in order to support any topology. And you can always go and edit and do whatever you want. If you want to add a new VLAN, a new switch, introduce a routing between two subnets, etc. The third component is our storage overlay which is probably easiest to think of it as a globally distributed library of images, which are being exposed to all the VMs uh, which run as block devices. And there are a lot of smart and optimizations in mostly in how do we make it work really, really fast. Because if an image was uploaded to the US East Coast, but now I would like to 
spin a copy of it in Sydney, Australia, you probably don't want to wait for us to copy the entire image across the ocean or two oceans in that case. And the fourth component is our centralized multi-tenant management system, which basically ties everything together. Because as we've mentioned earlier, for, for our customers, we're a full-blown service and cloud provider. And we have a centralized management system with a console and APIs and all the usual management features that one would expect from an enterprise-grade management system, also around the world-based access control and uh, quotas and orchestration, uh, scheduling, etc. So a long answer, I know, but yeah. <laughs> One point of clarification on the storage overlay. You, know, you mentioned the challenge of having block devices, but then having regions all over the world that you might be able to run a workload in. How was the issue of data locality solved by your overlay? Yeah, so basically... By the way, we just gave an interesting technical speech on this, the KVM forum, and the listeners can probably look it up online. Eventually, like many problems in computer science, it boils down to caching and finding out the best cache and read strategies because although the image was originally uploaded to a specific region, we can proactively cache some parts of it in other regions in the world we can also do a lot of heuristics around what parts of the images are actually are actually relevant and to do a lot of smart caching of those hot areas around the world we actually built a very thin file system which runs on all of our hypervisors which manages all those optimizations for users One of the things that the guys have mentioned along the way here is that the team that wrote the Ravello HVX hypervisor were also involved with the KVM team back in the day. And so they know a lot about hypervisors and how to write them. And it really stuck out to me that they took that knowledge forward into HVX and wrote that universal adapter. That idea of the, the universal adapter, being able to expose up to virtual machines what would normally have been something you would have seen at the at the hardware layer, things that are optimized in the CPU to make virtualization possible, they're presenting at the HVX layer. That really stuck out to me as very, very cool thing, a very cool technology that they have created here. What about you, Chris? I was thinking about the application blueprints and, and the fact that you're able to build those and that's kind of the cornerstone of Ravello resonates with me because it's a key component for any cloud management platform or CMP. And in many cases, this is the way forward for building an orchestration engine to deploy an application stack because it'll be modular, it can be on demand. You know, If you're a savvy engineer, you should be trying to depart from the ways of building by hand and blueprinting an application or the module components of an application is the, the crux of it. That's the point where you're trying to drive home. Okay, Gil, so we got the four components of how Ravello is offering these data center capabilities on public cloud. Looking ahead, I know part of the magic of the Oracle acquisition was the opportunity to run Ravello on Oracle cloud infrastructure and I know there's some performance gains and so on that you get there. Ravello is even better on Oracle Cloud infrastructure. So let's 
let's back up a step here and maybe maybe introduce people to that. We talk a lot about AWS and Azure on this show, but not Oracle Cloud Infrastructure so much. So what is that? What is Oracle Cloud Infrastructure from Revelo's perspective? Yeah, sure. So Oracle Cloud Infrastructure, which we're extremely excited about, is Oracle's next generation infrastructure as a service, which was purpose-built from scratch for enterprise. Um, it's not based on any kind of older technology, and the way that it was built was actually by teams which have a lot of experience from other cloud providers, and mostly from uh, AWS and Azure, also some from Google, who learned a lot of lessons in the past on what are the right things to do and some of the mistakes that they've made before. They set their goal and target to build a new cloud provider infrastructure service purpose-built for the enterprise. So it comes baked in with a very flexible, high-scale, high-bandwidth, non-blocking network, which connects all the cloud service to a very high-performance local block and object storage to deliver the highest performance for enterprise workloads. It is very unique in the sense that, like every other cloud provider, it supports workloads in virtual machines, but it also has a bare metal service, which means that a lot of the I.O. virtualization, mostly for networking and disk, is actually done in an off-box virtualization way, and not specifically, not on the server itself, which leaves the entire bare metal server for the use of the, the, the end user which opens up a lot of interesting opportunities also around the ability to bring your own hypervisor, around opportunities around the security and the high-performance computing, of course, being able to run containers and Docker containers directly on bare metal as opposed to running them on VMs, etc. So there are a lot of interesting things that are possible to do with that. And as part of uh, Oracle Cloud Infrastructure, there's also a lot of uh, platform as a service uh, services, such as a database cloud service and network services, uh, for load balancing, uh, VPN as a service, fast connect back to the enterprise data center, et cetera. So for me, the easiest way to think of Oracle Cloud Infrastructure is a full-blown infrastructure as a service provider with the technologies of today and tomorrow and not those of five or ten years ago. Well, now, you mentioned the bare metal capability that you've got in uh, Oracle Cloud Infrastructure. Does that mean HVX ends up running on bare metal? Can you even do that the way you built that? Well, you kind of described it as an abstraction layer, you know, a universal adapter. Actually, yeah. Uh, that, that's one of the new modes that we've just introduced a few weeks ago. We support running HVX both in a virtual machine on Oracle Cloud Infrastructure, where we also we gain a lot of performance advantages. I can talk about it in a, in a few minutes, but also directly on, on bare metal uh, by eliminating the additional layer of virtualization. That's something which is fully supported by us right now. Yeah, I remember hearing about that at the Blogger Day. I specifically wrote, that would be great because then you don't have to rely on another abstraction layer. You don't have to install it in a virtual machine. And there's a lot of benefits that comes from Oracle Cloud Infrastructure, Bare Metal Cloud, whatever we want to call the spade. I'm thinking, though, just to contrast in the audience's mind, let's look at the differences between Revelo on Oracle Cloud Infrastructure versus Revelo on some other cloud. What can we expect to be the differences between those two offerings? With Revelo on Oracle Cloud Infrastructure, 
we've expanded our nested virtualization capabilities that in the past we had to do them in software with binary translation to utilize hardware-assisted capabilities. And we do that both when we run on the VM service in, in a virtual machine in a nested way, as well as when we run directly on bare metal. And the reason that we could have done it here was, first of all, because we have access and influence on layers that we couldn't have uh, with other cloud providers. And also because the technology behind the, the VM service, for example, is, is very modern. And there is not a lot of history which compels Oracle's cloud infrastructure VM service to use uh, technologies which cannot do that. So today, when you run HVX, both on the VM service as well as directly on bare metal, we use hardware assist in silicon for virtualization. And when we do it in a VM, it's hardware assist for nested virtualization, which is fairly new technology in Intel CPUs mm. and in hypervisors. Oracle Cloud Infrastructure's VM service is using a KVM for its lowest level uh, hypervisor. And support for nested virtualization is, is fairly new in KVM as well. And we utilize it when running uh, there. These basically allow us to have much superior uh, performance. So that's one bucket of new development that we have on OCI. Another one, as Abby mentioned, is the ability to basically peer the Ravelo overlay network, which, as Abby mentioned, is fully fenced and layer two, which can have multiple uh, subnets in it. We can peer it to an Oracle Cloud infrastructure it's called a VCN. You can think of it as the comparison to, to a VPC uh, on okay. AWS. We are also working, and we've also announced it, uh, private peering of a Ravelo fence network with an Oracle Cloud infrastructure VCN, so you could have private connectivity between a Ravelo application and other instances running either natively on Oracle Cloud infrastructure or some other platform as a service uh, services, such as database as a service. So you can actually do some very cool stuff. For example, let's say you have an application running on-premises with your app service and web service running on VMware, and you have an, an Oracle database or even an Exadata machine in your data center. You can actually move the database to Exadata as a service or to database as a service on Oracle, and the rest of the VMs that used to run on VMware to move them to Ravelo and keep all connectivity as private network connectivity, which is pretty cool. We're excited about it as well. Jeez. <laughs> Gil, it's, it's a riot listening to you because it's just so much, so much that you guys have done and put into this product. Okay, so you, you just listed off a ton of new features there. I mean, did you have to like retool HVX at all to be able to implement those capabilities? Well, I have very talented engineers here uh, on my team, uh, but luckily enough, the architecture that we chose with HVX when we started about six and a half years ago basically landed itself to make it quite, quite straightforward to support uh, hardware support for nested virtualization. The architecture of, of HVX is fairly similar to that of KVM uh, with QMU. Without going too much into the details, but the way that KVM usually works, it uses QMU. QMU is very popular uh, emulation software, uh, open source for Linux, which does all the um, hardware emulation in software. And it uses KVM 
as an accelerator for the, the CPU itself. And it basically relies on hardware instructions in order to accelerate the, the CPU virtualization. And what we did originally in Ravella was a lot of improvements to QMU in order to be able to, to emulate VMware uh, in a high-fidelity way, as well as replacing a KVM with a, a binary translation-based acceleration because there is no access to hardware acceleration. So when now we do have access to hardware acceleration, we could just have changed to a different accelerator uh, uh, mechanism instead of binary translation. So from an overall system architecture point of view, not a huge change. Of course, it requires a lot of very thorough understanding of virtualization uh, ins and outs, but uh, we did it, I guess. It's working great, much better performance now. So Gil, can you explain the benefits of running Ravello on OCI versus Ravello on other types of clouds? It's a big application, I think, you know, VMware app specifically, I think folks are going to be interested in. Yeah, sure. So first of all, we're seeing much better performance uh, today, much higher performance numbers for Ravello on OCI versus on, on other clouds. We also support now on OCI bigger VMs, up to 32 vCPUs which enables vertical scaling uh, for some applications. And I've also mentioned the enhanced network uh, services and internal network connectivity to OCI, native IaaS, and PaaS services. These are the main uh, benefits specifically to Ravel on OCI versus other clouds. Mm. And what kind of a performance boost do you end up with then? I mean, because that... The vertical scale is really interesting. I mean, you can now you know, thread across a lot of vCPUs. So how, how, how big's the boost? As always with performance, it very much depends on the profile of the workloads being run. But we've seen in, in actually real-life realistic scenarios a tremendous performance boost. And in some applications, we've seen up to 14x performance boost when using hardware-assisted mode. And even more in some cases when running directly on bare metal. Because in many cases, nested virtualization with binary translation with a high number of CPUs, can have a lot of challenges, specifically with IO-intensive workloads, which cause to a lot of user space to kernel space uh, context switches, which we can completely eliminate now when we use hardware acceleration. So 14x, in some cases, 10, 5, very significant. Yeah, well, it's interesting. I mean, you, I, I see what's happening here. You guys are building a very, very strong case to be running this on, on Oracle Cloud. And, you know, with, with good reasons, the numbers just back up why you'd want to do that. So I get it. I see what you're doing. Well, in a similar vein, let's kind of expose that a little bit into customer deployments. Now, if you're looking at using Revelo specifically with the Oracle Cloud infrastructure, what new deployments or kind of new cases are exposed or, or enabled because you have the direct access to the hardware and all these performance and feature type improvements? Yeah, so Ravello and OCI, we provided the enterprises a lot of flexibility. And depending on the performance and service needs, they can run complete VMware virtualized application on Ravello with their web and app and database tools with Ravello and OCI. As Abi mentioned earlier, it can be for their dev test or for other use cases, also for their production, a pre-production production. And we also have customers interested in, in a split mode uh, where their web and app tier run on VMware Virtualize in Ravello, but the database runs on, on a bare metal instance for performance-intensive databases. 
and some other customers who are more interested in managed services, and then they use Oracle's platform as a service for the database. The rest of the application virtualized on Rovello. So these are the main modes of deployment. Okay. Now, I know a lot of bloggers have written about this and been very excited about this uh, this product. And it, folks that want to find out more, folks that want to give Ravello a try running on Oracle Cloud, perhaps, how do they do that? For the folks who want to try all the cool capabilities that we have introduced uh, with uh, Ravello on Oracle Cloud infrastructure, they can go to our website at cloud.oracle.com slash Ravello and sign up for a free trial. For the folks who are V-experts, we actually have a V-expert free program, as we had discussed earlier in the podcast, and they can sign up for a free V-expert account to actually try this out as well. And to understand the technical details of what we do and how we do it, you can find more details at cloud.oracle.com slash Ravello as well. Very good. Thank you, Avi, and thank you, Gil. Again, for the V-experts, ravellosystems.com slash go slash V-expert will get you there. And you can follow Ravello Systems on Twitter at Ravello systems. And that is it for today's edition of the Datanauts podcast. Our special thanks to Oracle Ravello for sponsoring the Datanauts today because without our sponsors, hey, we can't make this show for you. So we really appreciate that. And remember to give Ravello a spin. And if you do, tell the nice folks you heard about them on the Datanauts show. You can reach Ethan, that's me, at EC Banks on Twitter, or read my tech articles at packetpushers.net. Chris skillfully sculpts his scintillating scribblings at wallnetwork.com and shares his tweets, trivial, tender, and tremendous, at Chris Wall. For more of our Data Not shows about infrastructure engineering, head on over to packetpushers.net or your favorite podcast directory. And until then, may your server lights blink, your nested hypervisors rock your performance world, and your cables be cleanly managed.